Welcome to Behind Every Employer, where leaders in business and education from across the country share solutions for sourcing, training, and growing frontline talent to create the workforce of tomorrow. This broadcast is brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. To learn more, check us out at www.coabe.org or any of your favorite podcast sites. Now, here are your hosts, Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. Hello there, Anson. How hey. are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Jeff? So good I'm to doing, see you. It is great to see you. Although I see you, I, I see you every now and then. We're at events sometimes and we run into each other, but it's great to see you back on our first edition of Behind Every Employer for 2023. Super excited. We ended our season with a, a great year and we did that recap session, which just... Yep. Uh, it was amazing to see how many wonderful guests we had on and, and we're kicking it off this year with another awesome guest. So, Oh yeah. I think today we're going to set a high mark for the year with our first guest. Uh, and let me tell you a little bit about uh, who she is. So today we've got really what I would call a serial entrepreneur from Miami, Florida, uh, Maxine uh, Gomez is here and she has got an amazing story to share with us today about what she's doing in South Florida for the last 10 years, she's owned and operated a restoration company, uh, something I didn't know much about until I met uh, Maxine, and she teaches the statewide licensing for mold remediation. So we really are getting into a part of the construction industry that I just did not know anything about, really. And uh, after speaking with her, I just have learned so much and grown to appreciate this segment that is really growing, really important, uh, really instrumental for health and safety, and she's going to talk about that today. But that's not enough for Maxine. She's also uh, a strength finder coach, a best-selling author, a public speaker, and the founder of the Tough Love Department, all things we're going to hear about today. So she's got this extensive involvement in her community. She's on all kinds of boards, uh, does all these things. I don't know how she found, finds time for it. And she found time for us. So we're really uh, thrilled to have you on today, Maxine. Yeah, let's get and her in. Hailing in from go. the South South Florida community. Yeah, we haven't had somebody from South Florida. I don't think we've had anybody from Florida on the podcast. So this is a first for us in many ways. So Maxine, welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Happy to be here. All right. Fantastic. So there's just so much to talk about. Um, and I want to get to your new book and talk about this because it is uh, that was the thing where I'm just like, we've got to get her on. Now there's a book out there. This is this story is becoming too too fantastic um but i want to go back to some of your kind of early foundations your work in construction so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with your company dry tech 24 7 inc thank you uh well the um in a nutshell kind of how it started was a friend of mine came to me and said uh he was a public adjuster he had just come down from michigan he wasn't really sure how to navigate the culture down here. And he said, you know, Maxine, you know how to build a business. Can you build me a restoration company I can rely on? I was like, I really don't know anything about that. And he said, it's not that hard. If it's wet, you dry it. And if it's moldy, you tear it out. You show up on time, bill a fair price, and you'll never have to advertise. And I said, well, I can do that. <laughs> and I, so I started in water mitigation, learning how to, you know, learn my trade. And as I wanted to become more proficient in the area, I became an instructor and I got certified to teach mold remediation and expanded my business into the industry. And at the height of the, of the business, we had 
crews of 10 people running around dealing with all sorts of catastrophes from hurricanes to crime scenes. We did water mold, fire, and biological cleanup. Wow. First off, just stop right there. So when that was the thing that caught me, you know, I heard mold remediation early on when we met and then all these other aspects. And of course, these are things we don't think about in life too much. Um, but they really, especially you being in South Florida, I mean, with hurricanes and everything, you've got the water and all these things, but all these other, all these other aspects of, of restoration. So, uh, immediately I just kind of grew a lot more appreciative of kind of the multidimensional sector section of it, as well as just the kind of nuance of what that different type of cleaning entails, certifications and stuff like that. And we can talk about uh, those things uh, today. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to hear a little bit about your your team, uh, a little bit about what your team does, you know, day to day. Just give us a sense of like, you wake up, you're, you're going to work, uh, or maybe early in the days when you're starting this stuff, you know, um, and, and how big your uh, employer, uh, as an employer, like how big your, your team was and things like that. But tell us a little bit about the, since it's a, a new area, a little bit about the kind of day-to-day -day for Maxine in the industry. Well, uh, today, the typical day-to-day -day has changed. So I'll talk more about at the height, yeah. we were a larger crew. Um, and I'll talk about why that has pivoted a little bit as well. But on a typical day, I get to my warehouse at around eight in the morning. We do a safety meeting with my team. I run through what the jobs are gonna look like and what, what they need, what's gonna go right, what's gonna go wrong, and what we can do to do the best thing. And basically the crews take off and we juggle everything between planned jobs and emergency jobs. So finding the balance of all of that. And then at the end of the day, we check in, we take care of all the cleaning, you know, when you're cleaning somebody else's property and then you have to come home and decontaminate all your own properties. So, and equipment and things like this. And at the end of the day, we do a recap of what, what went right, what went wrong and what we can do the next day to improve. And Tell me, are there, are there like, does your team have to be certified, you know, uh, and I want to talk about the team here, but like a little bit about, let's, let's start with the team. Tell us about you're in South Florida, largely immigrant workforce, I'm imagining. Um, so you've had to staff up a team to do some pretty specific work. Uh, tell us about that team language, language skills. And then if there's certifications and things like that involved, like how do you manage all that? Like, tell us about the context of kind of the, the workforce. So it varies based on the job that we're doing. For mold remediation, there is a state licensing class, but only the employer needs to be licensed. Hmm. The employees do not need to be. Got it. But for my company internally, we I wanted to make sure that they knew as much as I did, if not more. So I put them through all of those certificates that I went through as well. And right. I would encourage them that days that we had downtime were days for learning. So if they wanted to take it upon themselves to go get certified in something else when we had light work days, then their pay rate would go up accordingly because that would mean more services that we could offer. And I learned that they all had their own particular skill set and I wanted to hone in on that. So I've always onboarded anybody on my team, regardless of the industry, through strength finders. And when you give people at 
a blue collar level, the opportunity to self-actualize and take an interest in them and help highlight where they will excel, you really get to watch people shine. And that's so rewarding. So in addition to the all around training, I would bring in a monthly coaching session for the team Great. and they have different aspirations than, you know, your CEO visionary, but their interests are just as important. Maybe their goal was to quit smoking or to lose 10 pounds or to be more involved with their family or whatever it was, just be feeling supported by their team in a monthly meeting to have things to look forward to and have goals to reach was a huge part of the, what gave them motivation to come back and do what we do every day because it's not always fun cleaning up blood and brains. Right, <laughs> so, right. I was going to ask you about that too. Like that's not, it's not the most glamorous job in the world, right? You're going in probably to some pretty nasty environments where you got to clean up. And I'm wondering like, how do you get your staff motivated and what's the retention like? Like how do you mm -hmm. convince people that every day show up, do a great job and, and um, you know, don't worry. I know it's not the best kind of live conditions during a 24, you know, during your work shift, but um, how, how is it that you, you kind of, can work with everybody to keep that retention piece going. So really the key is to highlight their individual strengths. Mm -hmm. And within that team, together we wrote our core values. And it. It, because it was something that they were a part of creating, it was something that they identified with. So much so that um, if we brought on somebody that didn't fit the core values, they would literally come to me with the sign and said, this person does not fit this criteria. Wow. And that person would be gone the next day. And that wow. they felt supported because if they were holding up the mission, then I had to, I had to support them in doing so. And I personally did not have a lot of turnover because That's I great. treat people with respect. Right. Right. And they're, it's, you're doing a job, whatever it is, you know, you're not getting paid because it's fun. <laughs> I mean, it can be fun. And we try to add elements to that, but making people feel a part of something, gave them something to look forward to coming to. And the camaraderie that they built within each other was something that I emphasized. You know, I never sent one person on a job. It was always a buddy system. There was, they right. always knew that somebody was looking out for them. They knew that whether I was on the job site or 10,000 miles away, if they called me, I would answer. I would be available for their needs no matter what. And whatever it is you're cleaning, you're cleaning, whether it's dust or blood or mold, it's pretty much the same thing. So once you get past that mental block of it, really it's just um, you know whistling while you work. <laughs> there you go. I love I love it. I uh, when we were talking before the show, uh, you, you said something that just really stuck with me. It's like, it's like this core competency of like, you know, cleaning up brains with a smile, and I, and I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, like you you don't think about these aspects, but like you're saying, Jeff, like this is, you know, nobody likes to do cleanup, you know, uh, and if you wake up every day and that's your job, you've got to really like, especially people are, I'm, I'm sure you're in stressful situations after fires, after floods, after crime. Um, so, so these are difficult environments sometimes. Um, and so you've got just the kind of psychological like aspects you need to address people going in with the right attitude is really important. 
Um, and then the fact that they have this ownership and this commitment to their work is going to build your quality. Um, and then they've got to be resilient too, because they don't know what's going to come at them. And just in terms of like other things, they've got to work around and, and things like that. So, uh, it sounds like you've struck a great balance. And I love to, I just hear this story of like the small business, uh, in one of the aspects of small business that's just so precious is you can build the whole business with the team and build those core values together. Kind of everybody's on, on the same page at the very beginning. Uh, it's, it sounds fantastic. And then you're doing a lot of the training, correct? You're bringing your leadership aspects, but also your ability to train. Are you, are you training in Spanish and English? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So I'm one of the instructors for Normie. I teach the state licensing course for mold remediation. This course is only offered in five states that require the licensing. Mm. But what we have what we are slowly coming to find out is that mold is no longer a tropical problem. We're not mm. longer just a tropical problem yeah. because around the world, tourism happens. And that means they put air conditioning systems in places where they weren't before. Right. So teaching people how to calibrate their humidity levels where they didn't before has caused mold in all sorts of places. So Interesting. it's becoming a very rapidly growing industry. Interesting. Interesting. And did I, not even, yes, we teach did, it in English and Spanish. Excellent. Excellent. Did not even think about that aspect of, uh, of, of how the, the sector is changing, you know, and growing um, across the country. What are the big states where this is big besides Florida? The states that require licensing are mm -hmm. Florida, New York, Texas, Louisiana. Uh, I think Oregon just added it, and Maryland kind of fluctuates between in and out. Interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Oh, this is very, very interesting stuff. I'm learning even more uh, during the podcast here, which is fantastic. So, so I want to do a little pivot here because uh, that was, you know, everything we've heard so far was the kind of the Maxine I was introduced to a couple of years ago, briefly, and and then all of a sudden I'm like. I'm looking on LinkedIn, I think, and all of a sudden I'm seeing uh, the tough love department and this book and this new pivot for your new venture. So tell us, what is all this about? How did this start for you? Like, um, to me, it just seemed like, is this the same person? And of course, you know, it was, I saw your face. I said, this is her. Uh, I want to hear that story. It's just uh, fantastic sounding. Thank you. Well, you know, as things happen, as I was saying, mold has expanded to all sorts of other places where we hadn't expected it. And so other countries are now coming to organizations like Normie to help add protocols for this kind of thing where it was never a problem before. Right. And in this last couple of years, I've done quite a bit of traveling and I personally experienced hotels covered in mold. So by the time I got back, um, maybe a couple of years ago, I was I had gotten COVID and I couldn't get over certain symptoms. I lost my smell. I was exhausted all the time. We couldn't figure out what was wrong. Right. And just um, just in January, I found out that my body, my mold, had contaminated my blood. Wow. So I had to pivot, and I could no longer be on site for 
the operations of dry tech. So I found jobs for my team members and sold the assets. And now what I focus on is expert witness work and peer review. So I get to just wow. review other people's work. And in the process, I was approached by these wonderful people in the sort of self-help world. And they put this co-authored book together and they asked me to be a part of it. And when I read the list of authors, I said, I think you've got the wrong gal. I'm a blue collar <laughs> worker. And they said, no, you, you know, you're a woman CEO. You got to tell your story. I'm like, I'm just trying to keep the lights on, <laughs> you know? Right. And they said, well, other people too. And um, so I said, okay, let's see, uh, let's see what happens. So I was very honored to be included. I'm chapter eight of the book called, uh, it's titled Called to Speak, Lead and Impact. And it's 22 authors that share their entrepreneurial story. And I was very lucky to include mine. And from that came a fun public speaking arrangement that I put together called The Power to Change Your Shoes and really talks about the mindset of how when you put on a pair of shoes, it sets you to what you're going to do. And I talk about my right. steel toes and my stilettos and my free dive yeah. fins and my hunting boots and, you know, all the other costumes we get to wear as humans <laughs> being playful in this life and how they set us on the path we're about to set foot on. I love it. I love I love this pivot. Yeah. <laughs> and just just, uh, you know, real life circumstances get in the way and you were, you know, had the wherewithal there and then took care of your team in the process, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, Jeff, it's just it's quite a story, don't you think? So it's a remarkable story because so many people have face adversity in their in their yeah physical life they face adversity whether it's an illness or whatever it may be and they often they often their glasses half empty and they don't look at the other side of it which is how can i make it half filled and really look at the bright side of things and and it is a remarkable pivot i'm curious too because um your health issues actually guided you and directed you to a path that maybe you wouldn't have you wouldn't the trajectory you may not have been on before and um i i think it raises another issue which is striking to me which is this notion of what you were doing before and the mindfulness that mold and lead remediation in particular poses such a health risk to our country and is probably one of the most unreported things that happen until after people are affected by it um i'm curious now like your next chapter, like you've moved in and you've pivoted a little bit. Um, so first question is, do you miss it at all? Um, being, you know, being in that mold lead remediation kind of center and are you still doing any training and helping people find their pathway? Yeah, so I'm still very much in the industry. I'm just no longer in operations from day to day. And I, I was teaching this morning actually. So yes, I'm still very much involved in that. And the, for me, the big pivot was recognizing that I did have a story to tell and that I could be an advocate for those without a voice, not only the underserved and undocumented in our industry, but also those that do get this kind of contamination and where to go. Because yeah. although I'm the expert in the industry, when it came down for me to have to deal with it, I went to everybody I knew and I said, hey, what do I do with this? And they're like, we don't know. 
<laughs> Good luck with so, that. <laughs> so Maxine, you raise a really neat point though, which I think needs to be repeated again, is that, you know, you saw mold and lead remediation and mold remediation in a lot of different settings, but you know, the vast majority of the people that have mold issues are, are people living in poverty. Mm -hmm. um, they're living in places where water is their life. It, it seeps in everywhere. They're, they're, they can't afford a new roof. They can't afford good windows. They can't mm -hmm. afford to come in and have somebody do the work that you do. And, and I think it's remarkable that you've recognized the need and that um, and you're, you're telling a story about it and about um, the great thing that that um, not only your journey, but the work that you were doing. So it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Thank you. I've had the privilege to kind of turn it into an even, another story and I've broken it down into my 90 day recovery, which is my 30 day pre detox, my 30 day detox, my 30 day rebuild and the whole kind of spiritual personal journey that goes with that how you have to you know the, letting go of the stress of the business and every how the stress is affecting you and how to eat healthy again and how to take care of yourself and how to find that work-life balance and all of that so i do hope to share some tips and tricks for helping people that can do the work for themselves if they can't afford to hire somebody and hopefully some guidance on taking care of their health if they discover this is something they're going through as well. That's a great journey. I mean, and, and, and you said it, you know, you know, why am I in this book? I'm just trying to pay the bills, you know, and that's, and, and that's everyone's story in some ways, but you're coming from a workforce that really, that is the story. Um, and then becoming this kind of leader that shows people, Hey, there's, there's ways to kind of pivot this into different aspects that are totally different than you might expect you know if you're reflecting back in your life you probably never thought you'd be here with a book and doing book tours and, and teaching and things like that i want to go back to the book real uh, real quick so it's called called to speak and lead uh, lead and impact right called to speak be, lead and be. impact and and with with 22 other authors so so like and you were wondering like why me like why am i here who are the like what types of folks are are, are uh, uh, highlighted in the book and, and tell us a little bit about you know, kind of the other stories that are in there well there's um wendy weiss who was the publisher kind of spearheading mm -hmm. the whole project and her mm -hmm. editor uh patricia wooster um there's a gentleman named stephen goldart who is also my personal coach he was the brilliant brains behind Eckhart Tolle and their business development. So I'm sure you know that name. Uh, Rachel Levy have, is starting a movement called the Healthy Love Movement, and it talks about self-love. And really, that's who doesn't need that? Right. <laughs> uh, yes, it's a whole list of people that you will you'll love all of their stories. It's a quick read because they're just quick little chapters and you get lots of little nuggets. <laughs> So you found you. I, I love the picture. Uh, I, I saw it the other day, actually, again in my feed. You know, you in the book, Barnes and Noble, I think it was, uh, signing books and stuff. I mean, totally just uh, inspiring and uh, exciting. Um, so tell me, does this turn into like a, a tour? Are you doing public speaking? What kind of groups invite you to come and speak? I am doing some public speaking, and the groups vary. I work a lot with entrepreneurs. 
because that's, you know, we identify with each other and help each other out. So in May, I'll be speaking to the Entrepreneur Conference at FIU, and that is geared towards um, Latin American entrepreneurs that are here in Florida. Um, And then also I'll be speaking at the experience, but that will be more for construction, but we are gearing that towards our Spanish speaking construction workers. So it's really nice to see that those doors are opening, that we are shifting our courses and our materials to make it available for other languages to learn. Because really, Anson, you know that this is my passion. Because when I first started, I had team members that were fantastic at what they did. And really, I learned from them. I was an entrepreneur. I wasn't a construction worker. So they really showed me the ropes. But as I grew and I had to get workman's comp and expand and things like this, I couldn't keep them on the payroll anymore. Yeah, and I yeah. would say, you know, go go do what you need to do. Just bring me back what I need so that I can keep you with me. Yeah. And they couldn't. So it's always been my mission to find how we can connect those dots. And I do believe that now because of COVID, where we took basically a global census, yeah. we could no longer deny the people that were here working. Mm. And, in, you know, to know that our frontline workers, our essential workers are undocumented is unacceptable to me yeah yeah how, how do we how do we allow our frontline people to not be insured or protected that's right when they're on the front line of some of the most hazardous work out there um and, and so just an inspiring story and i'm sure i'm just sure in your speaking especially to you know the construction group you know you bring you bring this story but also just your presence and your your insights into leadership that i think is critical in that industry and then doing so in spanish which is something you know this podcast is all about creating access to individuals through as any any means you know necessary whether it be teaching english or teaching in other languages or you know finding ways to communicate because our workforce is becoming more and more diverse that's not going to stop and uh, our systems have got to catch up and people like yourselves have got to be out there showing people how to do this and do it um, with such uh, vision uh, it's just very inspiring uh, so it's really with- how I came to find you was yeah. having conversations with the immigration reform committee seeing how we could start connecting these dots and I have lost hope in between but then something will spark it that happens all over I'm like okay there's progress we're on to something and right. even uh, as recent as this week, I heard Susan Clark from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce talk about mm-hmm. Permit America and how they are hopefully figuring out ways to make this possible. Right. And I consulted with OSHA to create a workforce development class where they are not asking for documentation to take the class. So uh, all, you, all you have to do is sign your name. And I hope that this is the first of many classes that will credential people into a work visa. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's so many situations like that. And sometimes the organizations, I'm not saying this is OSHA's case, but sometimes the organizations don't know that some of those simple processes are such barriers because they just never they, they just never considered those uh, initial things uh, in terms of documentation or uh, information that's needed to complete a certification or to even apply to uh, get into a system like that. Um, okay, so this has been uh, a, a, an thrilling ride. Uh, I wouldn't say a wild ride. It's been that for sure, but it, it's inspiring and thrilling. So so what's, what's next for Maxine? Like, 
Well, what's next is I'll be launching uh, the mold exposure treatment uh, website, and that will be my personal journey. It's a very short book. It's 150 pages, yeah. and it's it's quirky and sarcastic like I am. It's really telling it from an authentic point of view, talking about everything that you have to go through, through the detox of it and the irony of it and the laughter and the sadness and all the things that go with it, and hoping to just inspire people to come to me with these immigration questions as well as their mold questions and make it more expansive because I'm pretty sure that I contracted this in another country. So mm. it's it's become it's become more and more important the awareness of it to bring yeah. these protocols. So these these cleaning services are no longer limited to janitorial. They're no longer right. limited to the tropics. This is right. going to become this is growing faster than than we can plan for. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, this has been a great story. Uh, Jeff, are you ready for our lightning round there? Because I, I just feel like I, we're, we're going to break here. And Maxine, we're going to ask you to charge our audience, our listeners, with uh, uh, some, some major quests that you would recommend they go pursue. So uh, think about that. And we're going to come back and, and hear what you have to say. Awesome. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Behind Every Employer with Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. It's one thing to talk the talk, but in the lightning round, which is coming up, we walk the walk with action steps. You can listen to Behind Every Employer podcast on YouTube, Spotify, or find us on your favorite podcast venue. We are back, and we're at the lightning round. We, You know what that means, Anson, and we gave yep. Maxine a heads up on this one. It's, a, <laughs> it's, our, call to, it's our call to action, and um, and I, I guess I can kick us off um, yeah. because there's so many chords that you struck to today that I, I wanted to, to get out there, but my big one is this one, is that um, occupational certifications save lives, and it could it just isn't in the mold field it could be in so many different fields from farm tech to you name it um they right. save lives and we have to as a country recognize that um, our frontline workers are often people that that didn't go post secondary or go to college but that they're doing the work that is keeping us healthy uh, by getting rid of things like mold and lead and the things that could be harmful to us so um, my first call to action is for people to pay attention when someone is doing this job in your house to give them that extra thank you to appreciate the work that they're doing because they're working to keep you healthy. And then the second thing and call to action is to all the employers in the country. If employers that are out there listening to this, if you care just 5% as much as Maxine cared and showed to her employees as she made sure that they were all trained and that they were all skilled and that they took pride in their work and they were being certified and that they were being debriefed every day and they really were involved in the whole process of employment, that I would almost guarantee you that the retention of your employees would improve a thousandfold. So employers out there take a lesson from Maxine and the the way that she cared about her employees you should be caring about your employees so that's what I got yeah I think that's a great story there I mean uh, Jeff the whole <laughs> the whole concept uh, at you know with workers uh, that 
some people would see as expendable. You know, they're doing just pretty, pretty uh, difficult work there. Uh, she poured in the investment. It pays off in the retention. We know these things. So, so here's my call to action. And it's really to one of our major listener groups, the adult education community. And it's about the pivot. Um, we're uh, in adult education, we're largely working with individuals that something has happened in their lives and they're saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming back to school. I want to learn English. I, I just came to America. I want to learn English. I uh, want to get my GED or I want to go to college. Something has happened. They want to do something. Uh, and we all face kind of, you know, buffers to that journey sometimes. Uh, Maxine had a significant uh, buffer in her life there with her career. Um, and then she pivots into something completely unexpected, probably to her. Um, but it was a, it was something that she she pursued and found success. And so I think that's a skill. And, and those stories are things that we need to be sharing with uh, our adult learners and our programs and our entry level workers um, because they're scrambling and and they're and they're they're really trying to do some different and new adventures and they're and they're gonna. Uh, have uh, setbacks and you have to have that perseverance. Maxine showed us a, a great example of that and a story of that. So it's, it's real inspiring there. Um, so Maxine, what's your call to action for uh, the listeners, please? Well, my call to action would be to ask your listeners to self-actualize and be the best version of themselves so that they can inspire the people on their team. Anson, you have been in your work an a ongoing inspiration for me. You have been the beacon of light. You have been my due north to say, keep going. This is possible. We can get there. And to not give up, to not, to not believe the hype where people say people don't want to work because that's not true. And I'm proof that that's not true. And my teams are proof that that's not true. There are people who want opportunities, who are willing, eager, and happy to work. And if you take that moment for yourself and for them, that creates the spark that we're all missing. Oh, fantastic. That is just beautiful. Thank you so much, Maxine. I'll tell you what, Jeff, um, I, uh, I had breakfast the other day with one of our uh, last year's guests, Jesse Hernandez. Uh, you remember Jesse, also I in the do. construction industry, also with books, also with his own podcasts. Um, and I told Jesse, I said, you better watch out. I'm teaming you and Maxine together. <laughs> We're going to do a podcast and then they're going to go create a revolution somehow, I bet, because these, these folks are <laughs> cut out of the same cloth in many ways. And we are so fortunate to have them, uh, uh, join us on the podcast. Maxine, uh, you coming in for 2023 to kick things off has just been a real inspiration. So we thank you for everything. Uh, and those of you listening, uh, um, behindeveryemployer.org. You can sign up for this podcast, give us a review, um, give us five stars on your favorite uh, podcast apps, but we really appreciate the support and uh, everything you've done to kind of help bring us into year two. There you go. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Keep um, keep an eye out. We have um, some changes coming up in the show that you're really going to enjoy and uh, some wonderful guests lined up for this year. So looking forward to it. You've been listening to Behind Every Employer with Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. If you like the show, please follow us and tell your friends and colleagues. This broadcast has been brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. You can find us at www.coabe.org. You can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, 
or on your favorite podcast site. If you'd like to be a guest on Behind Every Employer, please contact us at behindeveryemployer at coabe.org.